um, hey, we saw you from across the bar, <laughs> uh, my husband and I, and mm. we thought you might want to come join us in our earthquake-prone apartment building for a night of board games. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, I'd love that. I really dig both of your vibes. Um, I love your Funko Pop collection. Uh, I love your Iron Man t-shirt. Yeah, I'm in. <laughs> Maybe we could, uh, quote-unquote, watch The Mandalorian together. Uh, yeah, hell yeah. yeah. I love that I love that little Yoda. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's sexy as hell. Welcome to the first, no, not the first episode, we're on the third episode now. Yeah. Um, of Dinner and a Movie. Um, this is the podcast where we talk to people about what they do through the lens of one meal and one movie. Yes, and this is actually the first episode because we've got like a real guest that isn't <laughs> like, just the two of us yeah. <laughs> talking um, to each other. So yeah, welcome Jordy. Jordan, which one do you prefer? Either is fine. fine. Who's our first guest? Um, Poet. Poet. Columnist. Writer. um, Man about town. Comedian. Um, Singer. Reformed public servant. Reformed. Uh, (laughs) Drummer. Sure. And I guess, yeah, I think most importantly and most pertinently to this podcast, Soulful White Boy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that is me. Uh-huh. How yeah. do you feel? I'm happy to be here. Thanks for yeah. having me. I feel very lucky to be the first. I think both of you are also real guests, but also no, also no, real no, hosts. No. Um, so yeah, just happy to be here. Tell us about yourself to to start off. Sure. Uh, so my name's Jordan Hamill. Uh, I'm a soulful white boy from Timaru down south. I am a uh, poet, uh, writer, columnist, um, I guess performer. Uh, I am about to, uh, uh, this is time stamping in a bit, but I'm about to move to uh, Michigan to study a Master's of Creative Writing um, and Poetry. So I'm leaving uh, the Wellington uh, latte sipping public service policy life behind for a whole new world. Uh, I'm very excited. That's really interesting that you mentioned time stamping it because when people listen to this, they'll be like, oh, this was recorded when there was still a Michigan. Yeah. <laughs> oh, too soon. Hey. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so what? <laughs> oh wait, wait. What are we? Is introduced already? Okay. <laughs> it's going great, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. That's why it's a podcast, not great. live TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll fix it in post. <laughs> yeah. All our listeners are going to be like, "This is the moment they get their parasocial relationship with us." They'll be like, "I'm sitting in the room with them." Yeah. yeah. I'm a soulful white boy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> As we ask. As we will ask all our guests yeah. from now on, what, we'll what meal or dish or assortment of food do you think best exemplifies uh, being a poet? So I think being a poet, it comes down to a few things. Uh, and one of those things is being incredibly uh, stingy. Um, because, you know, poets not known for making a lot of money. 
Um, and so we really have to take what we can get in every sense of the word. And I think what that boils down to in terms of food is, is a good old unity books platter. Mm. So um, one of your sort of jobs as a poet in Wellington is to attend every single book launch mm. uh, down at down at wonderful unity books on Willow Street. And, and you, sometimes you go there for the books, but mainly you go there because there's free booze and there's a free cheese platter. Is it a good platter? Absolutely not. Everything kind of tastes like off sausage. Um, you know, there's already like the kind of the elderly generation have been in there first and fingered the hummus and it's all a bit messy. But still, it's food and it's free and it's there. Um, and with a couple of glasses of red wine, you, you really can't beat it. Yeah. Yes. I find it really interesting that you said poetry, there's no money in poetry. Yeah. Um, because um, I used to uh, just win the poetry slams every month yeah. in Singapore. And oh, just, yeah. That's how I made my millions of dollars, actually. Yeah. So yeah, bring the Bella back to slam poetry. <laughs> <laughs> I've been saying this, um, but it was yeah, it was the difference between picking out the um, stray potato wedges from baskets that are left behind in the bar <laughs> 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 to exactly. actually buying your own yeah. basket. That's when you know wedges. you've made it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, all Nabila's poetry royalties have gone into this um, this setup we've got here into the mics. Um, <laughs> very yeah, it's like seventy five dollars a month. It's yeah. real money. Yeah. <laughs> um. So we both, uh, both hosts, um, have frequented a number of Unity book yeah. launches, yes. and we're going in there. You know, between the platters are usually by the history section. You've got a bunch of Niall Ferguson books about how colonialism was good yep. and then that's opposite the, the children's section where it's just their, their uh, wall to uh, wall display of J.K. Rowling books. Or, or <laughs> anti-racist baby. Yeah, anti- <laughs> anti-racist baby. I love anti-racist baby. favourite baby. Second favourite after boss baby. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a bit, of a, a bit of a treat for our listeners because anti-racist baby is actually our next guest. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we, we, we're walking in there. Yeah. Um, what's on the planet? Describe it for us. Break it down in detail. Okay. So you've got a little, uh, you've got a little pottle of your sort of your Pam's hummus, mm. uh, original flavour, maybe extra garlic. Um, you've got some sort of stale bread that's been lightly toasted. You've got cubes of cheese. Now, what kind of cheese is it? I don't actually know. I would say Edam if I had mm. to guess. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's some dried apricots, and they'll mm. somehow inexplicably now be covered in the hummus um, because you're coming to this platter late. It's all gone a bit of a mess, uh, and there'll be some some chorizo there, and it's <laughs> it's not it's not good. I, I eat meat. A lot of the poets don't, so it's often there, but still, it's not good. And again, it, it all kind of all the flavors sort of blend into one, mm-hmm. yeah. for better or worse. Yeah, it sort of reminds me of like going to a potluck that's organized by white people. <laughs> Hell yeah! Oh, what, we all bought hummus. <laughs> <laughs> or like one of those um, uh, asparagus rolls. Oh yeah, yeah. That's the kind of thing you would see there for sure. Yeah. Like an asparagus roll and their dog shit. <laughs> I don't care what the rest of New Zealand says. <laughs> um, and that's why we're we're exiling him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now, is it just? The platter, or you mentioned glasses of wine. What is there any beverage accompaniment? Yeah, here? there is, and that's I'd say one of the main reasons to go is that free booze. It's it's not something you come by often these mm. days, mm-hmm. but you do get it there. So they'll have either a red and a white, and if you're really lucky, they'll have a wee mower beer for you to sip on. Oh as well. wow, it's a, a bit fancy. Treat. It's a bit yeah. fancy, uh, and yes. so that's you know. That, that gets all the writers in Wellington there. That's where they kind of mm-hmm. stock up for the week. Yeah. Sometimes you'll see them just sort of, you know, shoveling bottles of wine into their backpack and running into the night. But 
Yeah, it's also the only way the platter becomes edible is after a few glasses of that wine. And you're like, oh, actually, this sort of apricot chorizo hummus mix isn't so bad. <laughs> um, and now a word from our sponsors, uh, Unity Books. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with all the, I guess, uh, bars in Wellington closing down, RIP Laundry most recently, yeah. I guess Unity's kind of standing out as one of the only places in Wellington, you can still get affordable booze. It is, yeah. And I think it's um, it's a good trick to getting people to buy books because, you know, books are expensive. Uh-huh. And no one no one wants to buy books these days. There's, there's movies and TV. We don't need the old media. But after a few glasses of wine, you become much more suggestible. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of Unity's whole business model is get them boozed mm-hmm. and then, make, you know, shove poetry down their throats. So, yeah. yeah. I, I think I've probably... Almost every book launch I've yeah. gone to, I've bought Drunk the book. Bought a book. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. What's and the most like egregious one? What's the book that you woke up the next morning? Don't say mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what have I bought? I bought Ruby Solly's book. Yeah, it's a great book. Um, I bought your book. Other ones did we go? I see there? Amon's book there. Um, oh yeah, I bought there. Amon's and Freya's books. Yeah, um, good books. Yeah, actually, all of these are, are good. I see books. James K. Baxter's horse there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of yeah, speaking. Of, I've uh, seen Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Yeah. <laughs> hey, yo, she was like really good with the Q and A. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. She was really. It was like um, when she was speaking there. It was like she had some sort of lived experience about being brought back from the dead. Like, <laughs> she really sympathised with the monster. Yeah. <laughs> um, we went to. We saw Moana Jackson. Oh, that that one. Was a, yeah. yeah that was, was that the imagining? Yeah. To, yeah. yeah. No, that would have been incredible. That yeah. was incredible. Um, these all right, are all really good these ones. These are good books. <laughs> yeah, yeah, these are all good books. Um, yeah. We, yeah. Most of the time they are good. Yeah. <laughs> very... And if they're bad ones, we probably don't want to mention <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, you, just, you take your booze and your treats room, and you yeah. leave. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so how long does this does this platter last? How long do the drinks last? It depends on the launch, um, to be honest. At my launch, the drinks went before we even started because all my friends are degenerates. <laughs> Whereas the week before it was my friend Cadro's launch for her book, which is an amazing book um, of poetry, and her sort of family and oh her friends I guess predominantly Muslim, and so the drinks lasted all through the night, mm-hmm. which was great for the degenerates like myself in the audience. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, so it's really contextual, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. As for the platter, yeah, normally there's some old punters there who are just there ready and waiting, just real sort of hovering over the history section big sort of fingers really just to dip straight into the hummus and just mm-hmm. smear everywhere uh so yeah not very long i mm-hmm. guess what's left over at the end normally like just a sad dried apricot covered uh-huh. in all these mysterious juices yeah <laughs> um meat and bread and cheese and it's all yeah it's an unholy mix if you could inject like a metaphor because you're a poet sure. into the platter what does the cheese represent in in your poetry <laughs> It's that you really do oh, ask the, the tough questions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it all represents. It's. It, it, it's. I think it's em, emblematic of like a poetry book launch. It represents false hope. You know, <laughs> you hear you hear cheese platter. You're like brilliant. I yeah. love cheese. I love a platter. Yeah. I love some dried fruit. Um. I love some bread. But and then then you get into it and you're like, oh, this isn't what I imagined at all. Um, and I think that's mm. sort of, you know, it mirrors the, the hope you have when you put a book out into the world. Mm. And you're like, this could be every anything, you know. Yeah. It could be the next. I'm not going to say J.K. Rowling. I was trying to think of someone else funny. You know, uh, I get Rupi Kaur. It's going to be great. And then your book sells five copies and you're like, ah. Oh. And that, that's the, yeah, I think that's the metaphor. Mm-hmm. Hopefully that works.
Yeah. Mm. So you're really selling this um, book that you wrote. Oh, it's, to it. it's good. It's real well. It's yeah. good. Uh, I reckon. I think it's, it's all right. It's a good book. I think yeah. it's, it's brilliant. I Thank you. read it on a Sunday um, when I was real stressed out and I was reading it out loud and I was just like, I love the way the words sound in my Aww. mouth. Thank it you. Just, it's really just nice. so well written and yeah. like, yeah, real beautiful. But some this, um, this bit in... Um, a poem stood out to me where you talk about um, starting rap feuds. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> um, maybe that's a, that's, that's a, a natural segue yeah, into is that a segue our. Idea? <laughs> <laughs> that was just uh, incredible. Not um, always rodeo, yeah. I see. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um, uh, I used to do a little bit of poetry myself. <laughs> I used to do segues myself. Um, <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Um, Last night I spent two incredible hours <laughs> watching um, this film. That when, when was this? Two thousand and two thousand two. So after the towers fell, uh, <laughs> and you can really <laughs> see see that kind of cr- crumbling yeah. America. Yeah. Yes. Um, in in the film that you chose for um for our podcast and also for to sh- to talk about poetry in general. Um, mm. Do you want to talk a little bit more about this film? So the film I chose was uh, Eight Mile, yes. the I guess semi biographical story of um, my favourite soulful white boy Eminem mm-hmm. uh, growing up on the mean streets of Detroit just trying to get by you know yeah. it's, it's set in the fall of the kind of motor industry and uh, Detroit is this crumbling sort of I guess metaphor for America mm. and he's just trying to get by you know uh, and then he's, he's trying to sort of make his way in the underground rap world as you all do um, and yeah. he gets into some strife uh, there's some conflict um, mm-hmm. and the only way to sort of resolve that conflict is through rap battle you know yes mm-hmm. um, and so you get to watch sort of Eminem's character's ascent mm. through the underground uh, rap world so you relate a lot to um, Rabbit Eminem's character I do. because he's out of place in yeah. a, a scene full of um, racial minorities. <laughs> <laughs> wow, what are you talking about? Today? Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, who amongst us? <laughs> no, I, I, I think you know, having navigated the mean streets of underground poetry in Wellington as an outsider. Um, and, and having you know mm-hmm. been in many feuds myself, mm-hmm. um, I really did identify with that. I think yes. I sort of just like you, Nabila, have like a slam poetry background, which <laughs> I'd say is probably poem like poetry's closest like sort of version to rap battles, mm. where it is sort of adversarial and it is sort of competitive yeah. and it is performative. Yeah, do I feel like my rise um, to fame mirrors rabbits? Yeah, one hundred percent, I do. Um, yeah. Other, yeah. Also, Eminem and I, you know, I mean, he was the first, I guess, like, hip hop artist I listened to, which I realize is incredibly cringe. Um, <laughs> as I say it. And I remember my, I bought the Eminem show when I was about, I guess, maybe 10 or something. And my mum was like, you can listen to it, but you have to listen to it in your room very quietly and your sisters can't hear it. Because <laughs> of all the naughty words. Um, Eminem and I also share a birthday, both Libras, October 17th. Um, oh. So, you know, I've idolized them for a long time. That's and I don't so think, I mean. Apart from being a white guy in rap, which has its own connotations, I don't think he's cancelled yet. I um, think um, what uh, what stood out to me, um, and I think this is probably what you most related to when you were watching this film, is um, that line. Um, I can't remember who said it, but um, like his friend told him, it doesn't matter what colour you are. It's done to regret picking this movie. <laughs> I, don't care, I don't care if you're black, white or purple. Um, <laughs> but if we could just step back a little bit, yep. it's the only one in this room who didn't 
have an Eminem phase. Um, it would be good to hear. We've kind of heard a bit about Geordie's background yeah. with Eminem, mm-hmm. but Nabila, what about you? I have, I think the opposite experience of um, getting into Eminem than you, where um, my older sister and I uh, would print out his lyrics oh and my like memorize it. That's incredible. <laughs> and it's so bad because I'd be like, what, 12? Yeah. Saying all these <laughs> terrible words that I'm not supposed to. Um, oh, did you really never have an Eminem phase, Jimmy? I did not what? have an Eminem phase. At high school, I was definitely uh, more into to, to the rock radio station. And, yeah, hell yeah. Uh, rock and rock adjacent uh, genres and didn't really get into to rap until I was an adult. Yeah, so my first album was um, System of a Down's Mesmerize. Hell yeah. Who was the first rap like artist? It was probably Macklemore? Kanye. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> When's Macklemore going to get his 8 Mile? I'd yeah, love like, yeah. a story growing up on the main streets of Portland, Oregon. <laughs> Pickling everything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's called Thrift Shop. It was so good. Pickling everything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to Portland, Oregon next week and I'm going to find Macklemore. Yeah. Yes. I'm going to go pickling together. It's going to be great. But yeah, I mean, 8 Mile was... It was the first time I'd seen it. And Mm. kind of interesting film, kind of snapshot of its time. It was really good to see young Michael Shannon as the guy who fucks Eminem's mum. Played by Kim Basinger, Oscar winner Kim Basinger. Yeah. Who gives a tremendously bad performance in this. She is so so terrible. (laughs) Every line reading in this is, yeah, I don't know. And it's actually directed by Curtis Hansen, who directed her to win her Oscar five years earlier in LA Confidential. Mm. Fun fact. Yeah, young Anthony Mackie, which was cool to see. Um, yeah. Brittany Murphy, who's who's an incredible screen presence, was an yeah. incredible screen presence, RIP. RIP. I, I don't know if it was a great film, but I enjoyed the experience of watching yeah. it. For some reason, I think, I think I saw snapshots of it, or like bits of it when I when I was younger and stuff when it came out and I definitely had my had a a pirated VCD where we would like drive up to Malaysia get the pirated VCD and then drive yeah, back down yeah. <laughs> that's how I got all my CDs and VCDs but um I think based on just like the the scenes that I saw and like screenshots from the scene and stuff I thought it was going to be a darker film mm. um, with like drugs and violence and yeah. murder and so yeah watching it was surprising because I I yeah it was a lot it was like a parody yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's like almost a sports movie yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah yeah but it's kind of I think Eminem kind of engaging in his own myth making and sanitizing his image he was kind of a you know a, a problematic edgy figure in the the 90s and now he's a a guy who tweets donald trump log off and stuff and yeah. does like soundtracks for kids movies and stuff so yeah. i guess it's pl- playing kind of a goofy but good-hearted uh, white boy with feelings who is yeah. part of a crew that the only gun violence they do is like paintball guns yeah. yeah does he shoot himself in the dick oh yeah, yeah his one of his crew does yeah. and that's the only only gun scene uh, with yeah. a real gun. So it is, yeah, it is interesting how sanitized he wants, and I know it's not literally about Eminem, but it is about Eminem, really. And it's interesting how sanitized and innocent he wants to be viewed. Yeah. I was, yeah, I guess speaking of that, I was wondering if you had a similar incident or experience in your poetry crew where someone did um, like cheddar and shot his own <laughs> dick. Uh, um, is there like something similar that you can I'm trying to, to think of an equivalent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's probably something I've done um, considering I'm probably the only 
person with a penis <laughs> in the poetry crew, mm. or one of the few. Yep, but definitely the one right, most inclined yeah. to like doing something that's stupid. What does a, a rat beef look like um, between like, different? Who are the different sides in the poetry beef? Oh god! So the you page versus the stage. There's too much beef in the poetry world, and now I just want to, you know, keep the peace. But it normally looks a lot different. Unfortunately, it doesn't sort of culminate in rap battles and clubs. It culminates in like fucking snarky fights on Twitter uh-huh. uh, and mm. subtweeting and shit like that. And mm. and then everyone in like five separate group chats messaging like, "Did you see that tweet? Oh my god, <laughs> too much beef! Too- what are you talking about? The unity platters? I <laughs> uh, uh, got got him. Yeah. Occasionally, you'll see it maybe spill out onto like into someone will write a mean poem. Because when a poet is saying their poem. And they're using second person pronouns. They're saying you. Yeah. Have have you ever been you and Uh, and being in the room? Because I always imagine it's about me. Even if it's a poet, I don't know. I'm like, (laughs) oh, 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 I'm sorry. Sorry. It's catered to me. That's because you've grown up on Disney. Um, (laughs) I think I'm always the me, you know, Mm. Uh the you rather. The beef and poetry, it's more under the surface, I think. It's not as cinematic, but it's definitely there. Uh Um, Poets are a bunch of petty motherfuckers, myself included. No one else cares about us, so we have to fight amongst ourselves for fun. You know, that's how how we keep busy, Uh really. Twitter, I'd say, is the new arena, or occasionally... Maybe like a snarky review on Newsroom or the spin-off or something. Mm. That's why they call it window pane. <laughs> no, I, want, it window I pane. wanted to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I made I love that, that joke. Line. <laughs> I love that I'll, edit, I'll edit that out. Now you go. <laughs> this is why they call it window pane. <laughs> Have you talked about how you got into poetry before? I got interested in it in high school, probably the same way Johnny got interested in literature through an old English teacher of ours. Mm. I, I only started writing... And performing seriously when I moved to Wellington after our dear friend Ben Jones, who I'm sure will appear on this podcast, sort of gave me gave me an opportunity, gave me that one shot, one opportunity to seize everything I ever wanted and get mm-hmm. up on a stage. He's kind of Wellington's Mackay Pfeiffer. He is. <laughs> he does call himself that. Yeah. I didn't get it, but now I do. And yeah, so I was sitting there in the like toilets at Bush Bash before, like throwing up mum's spaghetti. Um, <laughs> and I got up on stage and that was my life changed from there, you know, I just let it rip. And it was it was great. And that's and yeah, I sort of I got a, I got a love for it then and I think mm. even though I was really nervous, um, mm. much like Rabbit. But then I, you know, just wanted to keep doing it. So I went went along to some open mics, some like spoken word stuff, battled my way through the the lower levels, and you know, became the champion I am. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I mean, to me, Eight Mile is more than anything else a cautionary tale about the risks of letting um, like straight men have feelings. Yeah, um, yeah. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, yeah. but it's also interesting, and and one other fun fun fact that I noticed about it. Um, you've obviously compared yourself to Eminem a lot during this podcast. Not just during this podcast, all the yeah. time. <laughs> <laughs> during the, the film, and mainly in dialogue said by um, Anthony Mackie's antagonistic crew, yeah. um, they keep calling him Elvis, a kind of white guy working within a, a black yeah. medium. Yeah. Um, and that's interesting, and I think that came full circle because of the, the Baz Luhrmann Elvis movie, which yeah. I will never see. But, um, Starring Eminem. Yeah. <laughs> well, Eminem does the end credits oh, music, fuck, does he? and it's a, a rap a, comparing himself to Elvis. Oh, dear. Yeah. The world is <laughs> collapsing so in on itself. Oh, yeah. my God. Uh, I wish I'd made you two watch the Out Baz Luhrmann yeah. uh, Elvis. This is my movie. I haven't seen Season it. Season two. Yeah. yeah. That is quite a funny coincidence. And, mm-hmm. like, it, I guess it shows that maybe... 
Eminem has lost all sense of irony yeah. in, in his own work, uh-huh. which is a shame. For another podcast, but I don't think Baz Luhrmann is a, a filmmaker who has a good handle on irony. Um, <laughs> be, and if you enjoy his films in that way, that's fine. I just uh, do not care for them. I heard Tom Hanks is absolute garbage yeah. in it. Yeah. But anyway, we'll save that for the your Baz Luhrmann yeah. podcast that you have. You came from New Zealand's own Detroit, Timbero. I did, <laughs> yeah. But now you're going to another kind of Detroit. 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 Yeah. <laughs> what do those parallels uh, mean to you? And because Eight Miles, a, a film about a guy screwing over his whole crew to get out of Detroit. Yeah, hell yeah. And you're kind of doing the the reverse. Uh, I am being the crab that crawls its way out of the the bucket to to go to Detroit. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you want to talk about that a bit? Sure. Yeah. So the reverse rabbit. You know. <laughs> Is that a sex position? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't tried it, but I only know three. So. <laughs> <laughs> Two of them are by myself. Um, <laughs> well, but with the introduction of this podcast, you'll have... Um, yeah, hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I only listen to this podcast for sex advice. <laughs> yeah, so going to Detroit, it feels like going home. You know, like how some people like to trace their ancestral heritage. Um, mm-hmm. That's what I'm doing. So I'm looking forward to kind of visiting all the sites, you know, the the plant where um, Eminem makes the car hoods, uh-huh. the um, the place where Cheetah Bob shot his dick off, yeah. mm. um, the underground sort of, I guess, club where they have the final rap battle um, yeah. and he murders Anthony Mackie in cold blood. This is interesting because obviously Nabila being from Singapore, you have like like walking tours where you can go to all the sites from crazy uh-huh. rich Asians and you know <laughs> do we do, have yeah, yeah I looked it up what? <laughs> why didn't you go on one <laughs> what is that just like the the like two meters around gardens by the bay or something yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. and you know you know you, san francisco has like vertigo walking tours and yeah stuff if there's not a detroit eight mile walking tour can you start one? Oh yeah i would love to start one and then it ends and you get to participate in a rap battle that'd yeah. be great yeah. i never heard of like themed walking tours for movies before but that's that's pretty fucked <laughs> <laughs> What would be the Wellington like, I don't know. walking I, tour? I mean, we have not walking, but we do have tours to Hobbiton. So oh, yeah, of course. We can't be too is. smug about that. No, we, we can't. No, we love that shit. Come see Smaug. <laughs> Come see Peter Jackson's fucking warplanes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Detroit's going to be great. I can't mm-hmm. wait. Do you want to read your favorite poem from the book? I can read a poem from the book. <laughs> <laughs> um, sure. In the read? style and cadence of Eminem. Yeah. Yes, actually, please. <laughs> I don't know if I can do that. Same, same voice, same... Um, my name is Eminem, yeah, and I'm my, here to say... <laughs> no, that's Lin-Manuel Miranda. <laughs> I, do, I do not understand the difference. Um, <laughs> should have watched Hamilton. Um, <laughs> well, in a way, Alexander Hamilton was the, the original soulful Eminem. white boy. Yeah. <laughs> he was, he was. While I'm stalling because I'm trying to find a poem, mm. a friend of mine who's recently moved back from... She was in New York for a year... Uh, in London for a year um, was in the like audience for a Jimmy Fallon show hell yeah, <laughs> yeah you love this and, like Lin-Manuel Miranda like picked her out of a crowd and like rapped at her about her life and she said it was fucking awful <laughs> I'll read the one that you read a line from about the, the rap views so this is called throw me up and lock away the key um, brackets mum spaghetti <laughs> 
I want to write you love poems, but I can't, because they'd be love poems to me. Poetry is the infinity pool of vanity, and baby, I have bought my wetsuit. No floaties, I'm fucking drowning in glamorous fashion, signing autographs and starting rap feuds all the way down. You've got to be diabolical to write good poems. That's why all my best friends are famous monsters, known by many names, many histories. Known by the moment the moon starts to rust, another child snatched from the cot, another manuscript tucked in its place. Send me your rough minutes from our previous rendezvous, and I'll audit them with the scalpel of a surgeon who lost her license for giving God new lips to shush us deep in the library while we trade paper cuts and palm readings, broken promises, bad faith, frustrated clauses. This poem is a widely observed convention. This poem is unenforceable. Any judge would have half a mind to throw the whole thing out and hold us in contempt for being dumb and horny. And I'm not out of order. You're out of order. This whole damn system is not built to last like a contract for services or pure intent. I just want to love you in uncomfortable places. The dead spot between Wi-Fi and data curses, chasing tales, refresh, refresh. Tell me you like my poem. Tell me you like me. Tell me you like me. Poem, tell me. Thank you. Aw, yay. It's such a shame that podcasting is an audio medium because what um, our listeners did not see was... It was a single tear running down (laughs) Jordy. Yeah, he actually put his hood up when he said it and did not break eye contact with us moving back and forth. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What did you two think of, like, the, the rap battle, the final rap battle? Like, the Anthony Mackie... You know, like the, the crescendo moment in the film, like I think it, I think it's good. I was surprised at how little rapping there was in it. Yeah, yeah. More the, there's yeah. a lot of the end, but before that, yeah. there's fuck all. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I did not like the missed opportunity for unionizing when they were on that lunch break. Yeah, and oh, they did yeah. A rap. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. The lunchtime rap. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Instead, they just just hated on each other and called each other names yeah. Yeah. it was not great to treat your colleagues like that is there <laughs> a cameo in that scene from someone exhibit yeah yeah that's who it is yeah yeah hell yeah yeah so just tips for any of our listeners who are looking at organizing the, your workplace calling uh, your colleagues homophobic slurs is not the way to do it no, no. and actually like i mean it is a, a film about him like pushing his way up above yeah everyone else it's kind of like an anti-solidarity film and at the end um the Mackay Pfeiffer character says oh um what's what's next for us and he's like no I'm gonna make it on my own now and it's like just the the, and then he walks to Hollywood yeah (laughs) and writes the Slim Shady LP yeah Yeah. (laughs) but that's the opposite of what you do because you lift other poets up exactly um through the work you do at Welcome to Nowhere, and I've been trying to, I've been trying to push them down. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they keep coming up. <laughs> what do you think of the private school slander at the end? Oh yeah, yeah. The Anthony, <laughs> you the went Anthony... to Cranbrook. That's a private school. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really interesting because I've noticed in films about white rappers, if your protagonist is a white rapper, then that reduces the drama because yeah. the in a way more privileged than everyone else so the film had to have a class divide have a class yeah. divide yeah. the Anthony Mackie character is a really rich guy yeah. his real name's Clarence Clarence yeah he lives at home with both parents yeah. <laughs> both parents have a real good marriage <laughs> damn I got still, his ass I still remember most of the last <laughs> yeah. oh my god yeah. yeah just like sort of assumes that like class solidarity can overcome like any racial differences that yeah um Something like we could all learn from. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was just gonna say, has anyone seen the movie Patty Cakes? 
Uh, it's about oh. a teenage white girl rapper, and there's a scene where she idolizes this um, fictional character who's a black rapper, and she goes to, I think, perform at his house or something, and he just shoots her down and says you can't make it in this this business and and that film really plays up the class differences as well as obviously the the gender and age stuff as well but having to kind of go the extra mile to to make it a white yeah (laughs) (laughs) to make a a white rapper still seem like an underdog yeah why did you pick this film (laughs) i love this this is a good choice yeah Uh, where can our listeners find you uh, so in fucking Detroit yeah. in, the, in the underground poetry scene there, um, asserting my privilege uh, no you can find me on the line um, on Twitter Jordan Hamill um, Instagram all of that you can buy my uh, debut poetry collection which has recently been published by Dead Bird Books called Everyone is Everyone Except You that's in all good bookstores or online we'll try and link it from the yeah, podcast yeah that'd be, that'd be page. awesome yeah. yeah and then yeah I'm around I mean not physically, but I'm around. Thank yeah. you so much. Oh, thanks for having me on. This is, I feel very honoured to be the first, mm-hmm. you know, uh, guest, guest guest. So, yeah, that's good. First guest, second soulful white boy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Not the last. His palm's spaghetti. Knees weak, arms spaghetti. His vomit on his sweater spaghetti. Mom's spaghetti. He's nervous, but on the surface he looks calm spaghetti. To drop palms, but he keeps on spaghetti. What he wrote down, the whole crowd goes spaghetti. He opens his mouth, but spaghetti won't come out. He's choking how? Everybody's choking now. Spaghetti's